Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week on the podcast, I'm actually very, very excited for this week. We are talking about the Story Pirates. This is actually another podcast that was presented to me by a former guest of the show, Leah Fryers. Uh, She told me, Martha, you've got to listen to this podcast with your kids. They're going to love it. And so I started listening to it and I fell in love and I reached out and the wonderful artistic director, Lee Overtree, got back to me and he's our guest today. Hello, Lee. Hey, Martha. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you. I actually emailed Leah uh, this morning and was like, I'm talking to Lee today. And she was like, oh my (laughs) gosh. We had a little fangirl moment um, because all of our nanny kids really, really, really love your show. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for listening and for spreading the word around. And thanks to Leah, too, for spreading the word to you. Yeah, I will tell her well you probably just did she's she will listen to this (laughs) for sure um well before we get kind of into more of the meat let's hear a little bit of background about the story pirates and about you uh and your journey with the story pirates uh so first off what what are the story pirates yeah so story pirates is an educational theater and media company We're based in New York and Los Angeles, and um, the programming we're most known for is going into schools, doing creative writing workshops with kids, usually uh, K through fifth grade, and then taking those stories and giving them to professional actors, musicians, um, comedians, and turning them into a performance for the kids who wrote them to see. So, you know, the typical- Yeah, the typical Story Pirates experience is, you know, an auditorium full of 500 fourth graders and we come out and we say this next story is written by you and we point to, you know, a kid in the audience and the crowd goes wild and then we perform their story for them and and hopefully uh, instill a love of learning, a love of writing, a love of creativity um, 
and and all that jazz. Yeah, that's so wonderful. I know because um, my background is in English, secondary English education. And something that we talked about a lot in my classes leading up to my teaching for a year um, is that a lot of the messages that we're sending to our students by the choices of what we're choosing to read in the classroom is that things published right now are not worth reading. Um, and so that's sending this message of why should I even write anything because it's not going to be um, literarily valid for 50 years. Um wow. And so something that I love about what you all do is that you're saying you wrote this right now and it is a valid story that we can share. We can all experience it together in this really fun, creative way and uh, that there, there's value in, in creating. Um, and I think starting that from an elementary level because I will tell you uh, from what I have seen by high school and a lot of kids, that um, idea dies. Uh, yeah. And it's so sad. And so I, I love the work that, that you guys are doing. That's really, that's really awesome. I've never, I've never heard about like the high school <laughs> educational perspective. Yeah. And I'm more familiar with elementary school, but it's interesting to see like, hear a perspective on how what we do can sort of carry carry on into later later life like that. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of, if you look at the top 50 books that are taught in high schools, um, I think the most recent one was published in the 80s. So no. <laughs> it's like, what what are we sending? You know, what message yeah. are we sending? Is there is there nothing that has been written in the last year? Yeah. 40 coming up on 50 years that's worth studying. Yeah. Uh, um, so, yes. So later in life, that all pays off, which is great. Um, but for nannies, a lot of times we're working with the other end of that, which is this unbridled, raw creativity uh, that just runs wild all day. I mean, we just watch kids play pretend all day and get sucked mm -hmm. into it ourselves. And that's something that I, I absolutely love about being a nanny because um, I'm also an actress. And so this idea of just playing pretend literally all day uh -huh. um, is so wonderful. And and so can you speak a little bit about the, the podcast aspect? Because... Um, yeah. For, for those listeners who aren't in New York or LA and can't necessarily catch a live show um, right away, I the way to interact with you all is through the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, the podcast is a big part of what we're doing right now. Um, in addition to national touring, so you should go to our website and and see where we're touring because we're we're sort of all over the country all the time. It feels like. Yeah, but the podcast is is a is a big thing. You know, it's free. It's on iTunes, and it's some of our favorite stories that we've recorded over the years as radio plays. So I think of our style as like Schoolhouse Rock meets Monty Python. Uh huh. That's that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think kids what they write as. Uh, I just personally think kids are 
have better ideas than adults. And I think they're funnier. I think they're more moving. I think they're more interesting. And and so we take those stories and those ideas and we turn them into these radio plays. And on the podcast, you get to hear sort of the original story that the author sent in to us. And then you get to hear our adaptation of it, which which is really, I think of it as a collaboration between the kid author and these adult artists. And we make something new together. And that's sort of what our adaptation is. And then I uh, interview the author to sort of see what they thought about our performance um, and to sort of like check in on their lives and see, see what it's like to be a kid wherever they are and find out what's going on. Right. Yeah. That's so wonderful. Um, so once you often I have heard on the podcast that you uh, say that the story was submitted a long time ago and then you just said that that you choose some of your favorites for the podcast. So how does that process uh, work? How did how does a child's story get chosen for the podcast? So the podcast, that, that's sort of like a fluke of the strange way that we started doing radio plays, which is that we had a radio show on Sirius XM oh, okay. uh, for about five years. And we would do a monthly show where we would uh, give a theme, like make up a brand, write a story about a brand new holiday or okay. write, write a story about presidential fan fiction. And we would, kids would send us stories, we'd choose stories to perform on the radio, and we'd perform them live. And then we sort of captured all that, and now we're started like, we've been like repackaging that material for the podcast, because not everybody has SiriusXM, it's a subscription service, um, right. and we want these stories to sort of get out into the world. So, you know, in five years of being on SiriusXM, we've created hundreds and hundreds of stories. So right now, the po- the form of the podcast is is about like choosing uh, sort of our favorites from over the years and going back and and repackaging them into this uh, podcast. And and so then I'm like I find myself contacting authors years later and being like, hey, we recorded the story that you wrote in 2014. Can I interview you about it now? Yeah, and, and so that's why the kids are often older on the pod than they than they were when they wrote the story. Which yes, that makes total sense. And I think actually, it's it's sometimes really nice because uh, because they're older, they have more vocabulary to express things, um, which and were, perspective. Yes, yes, and perspective. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that um, is that's so interesting. But it, it is always surprising to me uh, and, and interesting that like when I do get in touch with these kids often years later, they know exactly what their story was. They remember the experience so clearly. They're excited to talk to me about it. Um, it makes me feel like taking their ideas and, you know, sort of like, shouting to the world that they have value like has a impact on these kids and that's something i'm really proud of yes i i would think that was my a a poem of mine won when i was in sixth grade and i still (laughs) very much remember it it got printed on a t-shirt it was a very big deal on a t a poem on a t-shirt is a huge deal yeah it was about uh water pollution 
Um, oh my gosh. Do you remember the name of it? Um, I am a little orange fish, but yes. it had kind of a twist ending because the, oh, no. the fish was dead all along. Oh. It was speaking from heaven. Oh no. I know. It, it's like the sixth sense. It was. Yes. My, you went through a whole journey by the end of the t-shirt. Oh my God. That's Running amazing. down the, the spine of the t-shirt. Um, I love that. Yeah, but it does. I the, there is a lot of value. I mean, even um, nannying when I have taken an idea that a kid has and given it legs, that just that little gesture. For example, uh, recently one of the kids that I nanny is super into Pokemon, and. Mm. Um, we went to the dollar store to like pick out one thing. They each got to pick out one thing and he picked out a big trifold poster board thing. And he was like, I want to make a Pokemon gym on here. And so just honoring that and giving him the supplies and then looking up the Pokemon on my phone so that he would have a visual and the end product was so cool um, and he like proudly displays it in his room now. And so even just, you know, to bring it back to nannying, just these little ways that we can value the creativity that's happening in front of us instead of writing it off or saying that's too difficult, I think is, is really worth paying attention to of where does this kid's creative creativity going right now and how can I help it go further right it's I bet like as an actor you your impulses in that arena are helpful in terms of facilitating creativity with kids because you're used to sort of seeing what someone gives you saying yes to that and then adding to it right yes very very much um and with kids it is so fun because there's they're not playing by the same set of rules as adults. And by throwing out that rule book, it just opens up such a fun expanse of territory. Yeah, they're working without a filter, yeah. which is the most valuable uh, thing you can have as a creative artist. Right, right. And um, encouraging that is just... It's, it's one of the most rewarding things I do day to day. Um, and through your podcast, we've actually started writing stories. So we listen to it, um, I would say maybe ev almost every day, um, especially in the car. Uh, yes. Because I just can't answer a bunch of questions while I'm driving in Chicago traffic. <laughs> and so I often put on something to try to not have a bombardment of questions while I'm driving. And, um, and your podcast is one of our go-tos. And, uh, and so because they've been listening to this and, and especially the interview part afterwards where you talk to the kids, yeah. um, the older kid is really interested in that part. The younger one kind of gets bored, but he's three uh -huh. and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but the older one 
really listens to that. Um, to That's cool. To how you interview the kid and what kinds of questions you're asking and how the kid responds and and what you do with that. Um, yeah, I always wonder how kids are responding to the interview section. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah, because uh, there, there's also learning how to socially interact mm-hmm. um, in that. And and you do it in such a nice way of you. It's not you're not talking down to the kids in any way. Um, you're talking to them like artists. Um and so nice of you to say. Yeah, and really valuing their answers. And so because of that, I think so often kids get talked to like kids with a negative connotation on the word kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like what they have to say is less valuable. And so just by speaking to them and really listening to what they're saying, uh, just that act alone can do so much with self-confidence and then also uh, helping them creatively. That's so cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. I, I do really try to, um, to speak to them, uh, treat them as I would want to be treated. And, uh, and that means, you know, because I think they have something that I don't, have anymore and I want to know what it is (laughs) yeah that's a great way to think of it um for those days that uh as a nanny you're feeling frustrated um I think remembering that piece of that the kids actually do have something that we lost as adults (laughs) right in the hustle and bustle and uh maybe coming at it as can I can I see that more clearly through interacting with this kid? Um, is yeah, a, absolutely. Is a worthwhile way to approach uh, playtime. Yeah. Because it, it can certainly be exhausting. I don't know uh, in those interviews if you come out a little bit exhausted. Because it is, you do have to kind of in the same way that you can make your eyes go kind of hazy and take in (laughs) everything at once. You kind of have to make your brain do that to get in that space. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot of energy. And I, I think my job is easy because I'm the fun guy that gets to like show up and be crazy. And then, and then I get to walk away and parents can't do that. And nannies can't do that. And, yeah. you know, I've, I, I've babysat before a long time ago and I've done a fair amount of teaching and I'm, I'm not a superhuman, you know, like I can't. Yeah. So I, I think my job is much easier. I do get tired, but the knowledge that I can just walk away as like, uh, and treat this as like my art and not a responsibility is, is huge to me being able to muster the, the energy to to like, you know, to put it, put it out there. Yeah. And that's, um, maybe for nannies, if they're, if you set like a time of like creativity time Mm -hmm. where you're going to be like 110% invested in the creative life of the kids for that amount of time. And then after that transition to something a little less, 
uh, tiresome with that particular muscle. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like it's be a good idea. Yeah. Like it's trying to get out of the mindset of every moment as survival mode, mm -hmm. which is so easy to fall into. Yeah. Just, just in life in general, but especially spending time with kids, like <laughs> you're like constantly, at least for me, I'm constantly aware of like preserving as much energy as possible so that I can survive. Right. But when you have, have a moment or setting time to be like, now I'm going to approach what I'm doing with this kid as a collaboration. And that's another important piece of it. It's like, it is not a hundred percent just for the kid. Right. Those moments of artistry, like those moments are about you too. And it's about what happens in the space between these two pe people. Um, and maybe that makes it easier to spend the energy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, taking the energy from the kid and then giving it back. Um, mm -hmm. Getting that kind of cycle going. It's probably a really good way to look at it. Um, when you were speaking before, you said that uh, you see the radio plays as a aspect of that collaboration, but the child is not in the room as you're making the radio plays, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we, okay. we, we get the story, um, which oftentimes are made in, in, a, in a creative writing workshop. Okay. So. That's like story pirates and kids interacting, but but yeah, when we when we create it, you know, we will we'll take the story the kid wrote and then we'll sort of like make it and then we want to like show it to them, right? Um, without like giving away any secrets, uh, are there certain prompts that you guys have in those creative writing workshops or? Um, do you are you like up on your feet more and then you write or? Do you start from a writing place and then it obviously gets up on your up on the actor's feet later? But yeah, how active are the we, kids? I think we approach it as we approach all of our teaching, whether we're teaching creative writing or we're teaching expository essays, which we do, mm -hmm. or we're teaching even more fine tuned grammatical things like quotation placement or whatever. We approach it all from a uh, mindset of let's create a story in the classroom um, that the kids can become involved in and can affect the narrative. So, you yeah. know, which is some people would recognize that description as something called process drama, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, a great, great way to teach. But, um, and we're not exactly... Uh, doing that all the time, but we do treat everything as a story because humans learn through stories and they want to engage with stories. They want to be able to affect the narrative. And, and so rather than coming at it from a sense of like, we're experts and you are learning things from us, it is a perspective of we're going to tell a story and you can become involved in the story. And the story is about Maybe the story is about sentence structure or the story is about uh, story structure or character development. Um, and then next thing you know, you're learning stuff and you, but it didn't feel like it. Yeah. That's so, that's so wonderful. Um, Cause yeah, I do know that a lot of nannies are also 
uh, homework helpers or tutors, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So, and I know sometimes it can feel like pulling teeth um, when it yeah. comes down to homework time. So, adding that aspect of play in even in that arena, I think is helpful if you can if you can figure out how to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, again, it's like easier for us, right? Because it's not like we're, you know running state testing or right. or like making sure the math homework gets done it's um but but there are aspects of storytelling and play like you said that are i think it's important to all learning and i think it's it's easily forgotten yes yes i think that that is very true um so during that interview part so the 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 kids submit, you read their exact words, which I love uh, hearing weird sentence structure uh, read aloud. I just, I love that mm-hmm. you guys do uh, present the source material exactly as the child wrote it. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then you you do this radio play. So when you record that radio play, just for my own brain, how do how do you do it? Is are you in a studio? Yeah, we're in a studio. We have um, seven of us, and there's there's a couple hundred story pirates. Yeah, between the two. I saw it on the website. That's awesome. Yeah, there's so many. So every show, there's like seven of us, like one piano player. Uh, and then six other actors, including myself, usually. And uh, and we sit around in a circle. We all have headphones on. We all have mics. And we all have scripts. Mm-hmm. And we are... And, and I'm usually have a computer that has sound effects on it. Nice. And, and we do it live. And I think the energy that you hear on the recording is is a direct result of you have one shot to do this. Yeah, I I think that that definitely comes through because I, I felt that. And I was wondering, yeah, if there was um, like an improvisational element to it. Uh, and if you have like a computer with sound effects, that, that yeah. <laughs> makes sense that there probably is some some room for alterations or... yeah. I mean, we use improv a lot in our process of building the stories. Mm-hmm. Usually by the time they get to performance, whether it's on stage or on the radio, we're, they're pretty set. Right. But improv is a 100% a tool we use in creating the material. Yeah, and that comes through for sure. Um, and then you interview the kids. And something that I love during that interview is that you often will spend time talking to them about where they're from, which mm-hmm. is all over the country. And through that, the at least the kids that I nanny have now heard about Montana and you know, uh-huh. like even <laughs> little things like that. And you always go out of your way to kind of ask what it's like where the kid is. <laughs> Was that a conscious choice or something that came out? naturally and then you liked it and you've kept it i love that you pick up on that because it's one of my favorite things i just um 
I don't know. I think I, the first time I did it, I just did it because I was like trying to find something that that kid is an expert in that I'm not. Yeah. You know, like that always feels like a good place to start with me. Anytime I'm talking to anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, like kid or adult, you know, I, you know, whether it's like social anxiety or, or anything else or something else, I'm just always asking them questions about themselves. And I want to know, and often that's like, where, where are you from? Like, what was it like growing up there? How'd you get into this? Um, Is always interesting to me. And, and so I think I just naturally did it with, with kids when I started interviewing them, but it is nice that they're an expert in that, you know, and they, I can't, I can't say any better than they can what it's like to live where they live or or what it's like there at all. Yeah, and I think there's something so valuable in that um in this in this day and age where we can literally look up anything online. Um because mm-hmm. there's there's one where you're asking a ki- asking three kids actually uh your latest episode um when I lost my dog and took home a wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's a favorite um, uh-huh. with the kids I nanny. And uh, you ask about King Charles Spaniels um, and what they look like. And I uh, I grew up with King Charles Spaniels. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, my first thought is like, oh, I'll just look up a picture. And I know as nannies, we do that a lot of just like, we'll just show you. And that is a great tool. But I also... Uh, your podcast is such a nice reminder of even looking up a King Charles Spaniel cannot replace uh, a kid's view of what a King Charles Spaniel is. No one else uh-huh. has that <laughs> point of view. Even Google doesn't have yeah, yeah. that kid's point of view on what a King Charles Spaniel is. And it's so valuable to human interaction um to to remember that to remember that when you're talking to someone they actually have something that literally no one else in the world has mm-hmm. and the kids that we nanny have something that literally no other kid has um so asking those follow up questions of like tell me more about that is so valuable i love that I think that's um, so cool. Yeah, because I do get in that like Google grind of like, <laughs> let's just look it up. <laughs> it's the power of radio too, isn't it? Yeah. Forcing us to imagine what things look like. When you say like, when you, you know, when you even, even when you just reminded me about asking kids where they're from and what it's like there, uh, all I, I get all the the images in my head that I made when I heard about them. Like I think about this kid in Texas riding his bike around on for rodeo day. Uh-huh. Um, I think about, uh, you know, the different, the different places around the country. It's, and it's cool how we're able to come up with that on our own. And, and it's cool to like help kids do that too in the age of, in the age of Google and the internet and stuff. And I think it's a really valuable way to um, work around stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it is so easy to be like, well, you know, rodeo day. Like, of course they have that in Texas. But 
yes, they have that in Texas, but there's also riding your bike around on the street, which I did in Tennessee as well. You know, like yeah. things like that of these little reminders that all of America is so similar and so different all of the world. But yeah, it is cool to remember that kids are the same everywhere and they really are. Like I've never been somewhere or met a kid that I was like, it's really different where you are. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mostly talk to kids in America, but um, you know, all the ones I talk to, I, I'm always surprised at like how similar, how, how, how more, how we're more similar than different. Yes, very much. Um, and yeah, and I love that, from you know the comfort of our car in Chicago through your podcast we do get to travel around you know a little bit uh and hear all these different perspectives so I I love that question uh thank you for asking it to to every kid so sometimes kids you know they they are natural storytellers but sometimes when you just say tell me a story they get really shy. Um, and some a way that I work around that is a shared story. So I start the story once upon a time and then I get to kind of a place, kind of like a Mad Lib of stories mm-hmm. is how we start. And then we build towards the kids taking over more and more of the story. Um, do you have like in those interviews, that seems to be a little bit of your trend as well. Um of you start asking, I, I think, more questions, but as the kids take the reins, you hand them over mm-hmm. um, and let them kind of say whatever they want to say. Um, are there, do you have any advice for nannies who aren't coming at it from an acting background? Because many nannies yeah. don't have acting backgrounds of how to help foster that transition? It's a hard question. It is. Um, And I think about the amount of times that I've, you know, been talking to a parent and a kid and the parent sort of like turns to their kid and it's like, why don't you write a story for the story of pirates? And the kid always sort of gets nervous and is like, uh, shut up mom or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, why'd you put them on the spot like that? And I think that's sort of like the key is so much, so many times, so much, so many times like adults feel like they're, they're unintentionally like putting kids on the spot yeah, to, to perform. And it's not about performance really. It's not about like, can you write it down and turn it in or can you tell it? It's about, the joy of doing it together. Yes. You know, it's, it's not about like dance monkey. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, and so, and oftentimes I wonder if parents are putting kids on the spot because of their own insecurities of themselves as storytellers. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe a way to around that is to, um, is to put yourself on the spot and, and, Think of it as a collaboration and just start doing it without sort of labeling what it is, without putting a value on it. You know, like you don't. Mm -hmm. So as as opposed to saying like, and now we're going to tell a story 
um, or now it's time for you to write a story. I mean, if, if your kid's motivated to do that, that's amazing, and you should. Right, but, it, but if it comes from the kid, not from... Yeah, but I think it's a different thing to be walking down the street and to, like, you see somebody, and that's sort of interesting, and you, and you say, like, what do you think... What's the story behind that person, do you think? Yeah. Or where do you think he's going? Or... Mm -hmm. Or like, look at that building. What do you think happens inside that building? Yeah. Um, uh, I like to sort of spark imagination with kids the way that I spark it with myself, which is to look around and it's human nature to start telling stories about the things that are around you. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, that was, you, you answered a very hard question very, very well. Um, and I, I know you. for, you're welcome. I know for nannies, um, a lot of times we, there's a lot of jokes in the nanny groups about, um, you know, we went for a walk and we saw 27 bugs, three sticks and two <laughs> rocks. And now we're at the end of the driveway, but <laughs> I think that that that's all really uh, fertile ground for stories. So, you know, when the kid notices a bug, there's there's a story. What, totally. What is that bug doing? Where are they What's going? that guy's name? Does yeah. he have a family? <laughs> yeah. Is he, I, is he grumpy? Yeah, I, I always laugh, like, I have this joke with a friend that whenever you go to the zoo, like, no matter where you are at the zoo, someone is always pointing at the animals and deciding, like, what they, like, what the family makeup is. They're like, that's uh -huh. the baby, and that's the mommy, and that's the daddy. Yeah. And, I mean, that's telling stories, right? Right, for sure. And, and we, we can't help but do it. It's... It's just happening. Right. Yeah. But I agree with you of that, like, tell me a story, kid, is it, it just stops everything. Cold turkey. Yeah, and it, and it, takes, it, it takes you out of the equation. And I, I do feel strongly that, like, we should be making them together. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. Um, well, those were most of my questions. Um, is there anything else about the story pirates that you'd like to say or anything you'd like to plug? Well, I do have some exciting news, which Ooh. is that story pirates is coming out with our first book. Oh my gosh. That is exciting. When is yeah, that? It's, about, it's not going to be on for a year. Okay. But yeah, books but it, take time. They take time, um, but what? But what we've done for the book is I went uh, out to a bunch of kids and asked them to send in, basically what we call a spark. So mm -hmm. an an idea spark for a story. So we asked them to give us the name of the character and a problem that the character is having. Great. Um, and then we and then. Uh, and then how do they get out of that problem? And we, we uh, then chose one from a kid named Vince in Memphis, Tennessee. Nice. 
and gave uh, Vince's spark idea to a New York Times bestselling author who's turning it into a novel. Oh, wow. So full middle grade novel. And then the second half of the book is going to be uh, this is called the story creation zone, which is going to be about helping kids uh, write their own stories. That's so awesome. So in 2018. Yeah, it's called Stuck in the Stone Age. It's about two scientists that get uh, stuck uh, back in time. Oh, wow. That, yeah, it's going to be it's awesome. I'm super excited for that. Um, wonderful. And then if anyone wants more information about the story pirates, if someone, if a parent is listening to this and is like, oh, I want them to come to my kid's school. What, yeah. how do they do that? Um, you can go to storypirates.com and find out where we're performing all over the country. We have our, all our tour dates up there. Great. Um, you can also find links to our podcast on the website. Wonderful. Uh, as well as you can just go and wherever you listen to podcasts and iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, you can um, find our podcast. It's free. Um, yes. And yeah. And then also I should mention, you know, Story Pirates, part of what we do is bring programs into Title I schools in all across the country. And to do that, we have an annual benefit and we have a big benefit show coming up in New York and Los Angeles with celebrity special guests. You can find out information about that on the website, but you can also just donate there if you're interested in helping bringing, bring these kinds of programs to kids who otherwise would not um, be able to afford them. Wonderful. When uh, is the benefit or are the benefits if they're different days? The... Um, the New York benefit is May 13th, and the Los Angeles benefit is June 4th. And they're both going to be awesome shows with singing and dancing, celebrity guests. Um, but uh, you can also go to Story Pirates online and, and donate there to help bring these programs to these schools. I really Wonderful. Yeah, I will, I will be doing that later today. Um, awesome. Well... Uh, we end every episode with uh, a fun story or a quote from a nanny kid. And uh, I actually, I brought one because it was too perfect uh, not awesome. to bring. Um, so I was talking to my nanny kids about the fact that I was going to be talking to you today. Uh, and I, I said, you know, I'm going to be interviewing Lee Overtree from the Story Pirates. What, what should I ask him? And the younger of the two said, "Ask him how to play the one about Molly," um, <laughs> which is the when I lost my dog and took home a wolf story, mm-hmm. the latest episode uh, up and the first one that we listened to. And I said, "Well, I was like, well, we we know how to play that one." <laughs> It was like we've played it before, and he and he said, "Well, then, can you play it?" Cut <laughs> <laughs> to the chase, Martha. No, I was like, "All right, well, you're not gonna do my homework for me." I guess. <laughs> Fine. That's amazing. Um, yeah. How cool for those kids in? Were they in Montana? I can't remember. I think uh, they were. Yeah. 
somewhere like that. How cool for those kids that there's like another kid in Chicago who's like obsessed with their dog. <laughs> I know, right? Yep. He really is. Um, so but funny. yeah, it was so cute. I was like, that was very well played because he just wanted to listen to the story. So That's awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Lee. This was my pleasure. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. And hello to all the nannies out there. Keep fighting the good fight. Um, and and good work. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. And thank you for listening. See you next all week. Right. The Chronicles of Nanny is produced by Martha Reddick and Logan Nielsen. Artwork and logo by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.